Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by Lisa Roman, my colleague and co-host, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a Challenge Cup Week 1 recap before we get into all of the matches from this weekend. A quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. You can watch us as video too. Subscribe to youtube.com slash attacking third so you, you never miss our exclusive interviews or whenever we go live. Lisa, we've got games to recap. We're back in business, baby. How you doing we today? We're back. We're back in the groove. I'm good. I'm a little tired. I'm wound up on some coffee right now. Not yep. gonna lie, I might talk pretty quick, might be pretty animated, but hey, that's what we're here to do. We had games, Sandra. We had matches. We had some teams walk away with three points in a win. A lot of teams walk away with draws throughout this one. Uh, Only one team walking away with zero points. We're totally going to dive into all of it, which I'm really excited about. But there were games spread out across the weekend, too. So we could almost ease ourselves into it and then wane ourselves off with just one match on Sunday evening. How are you? How did you watch them? Did you enjoy them relaxingly were you into them yeah absolutely I mean my my vibe around the games was a little different from yours right you were you were on duty on call for a good chunk of these games so you gotta have you have a a little bit of a different view on them and I can't wait to ask you uh about them and uh but yeah I kind of like like that you pointed that out I love that they kind of started off with a double header then there was a triple header and then it's like one they got one game for us to close out opening weekend and it was able to sort of like you said settle in uh but it was nice nice to throw on the old TV and, you know, turn on Paramount Plus and be able to watch these games and uh, have NWSL action back in our lives. And again, you can watch all NWSL matches across Paramount Plus live or on demand. So if for whatever reason uh, you were occupied this weekend or might have missed a match or two, uh, you can catch a replay of some of these games over on Paramount Plus uh, when you want to log on in and uh, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, Six matches throughout the weekend. Kansas City Current versus Racing Louisville. Rain versus Portland Thorns. Orlando Pride versus Washington Spirit. North Carolina Courage versus Gotham FC. Angel City versus San Diego Wave FC and Houston Dash versus the Chicago Red Stars. We are going to touch on all of these games, maybe take a deeper dive on some games versus some others, but we maybe have to start off with our matches of the weekend, right? When we did our preview for this opening weekend, there were a couple matches that we had on our radar, Lisa. We had the uh, the, the regional rivalries, right, that were going to come into play. And let's start with the, that first one here that we want to uh, – really get into uh it took place on saturday right so when we go in a little bit of mismatch uh, order here but we were really eager to talk about this one because there was a lot of hype around this match it's the california clash right or we'll we'll find out we'll see like what folks are going to be referring to this regional derby as uh but we've been referring to it as that right on attacking third net cbs sports so this cali clash at angel city versus the wave Talk to me about some of your initial thoughts on this match, like the, the the vibe, the energy about finally having these two teams officially introduce themselves to the league. I mean, it was so exciting, right? This was the most anticipated game because it was two new sides that we hadn't seen before. It was the Cali Clash, the SoCal Royale, whatever you want to call it. I'm excited for all of these names that are going to come out. 
Um, I, I like it to have a little bit of uh, alliteration or rhyming scheme to it. So people go at it. Drop us your best names for the California teams in the chat. We want to hear what you have. Um, this was a good match. It was a lot. There was a lot to take in, right? From when they dropped the starting lineups on Twitter right before the match happened to seeing that uh, Abby Dahlkamper was going to be on limited minutes, Alex Morgan going to be on limited minutes, so not in the starting lineup. Um, because of that, it was automatically reaction to kind of what's going to happen, who's going to be out there. Of course, Kristen Press. Um, and looking at this, Four cards coming out in this one, four yellow cards. We saw a lot of cards across this weekend, and it started in this one, too. I liked what we saw. I mean, Kelsey Turnbow is a player that we've had our eyes on. She was drafted in 2021 to Chicago and then traded to San Diego. Um, but I was very impressed with the level of play from both of these expansion sides because in the past, expansion sides are not known for being dangerous really or having a lot of weapons because you need depth you need veterans you need people that understand the league and both of these sides angel city and san diego they have that so it can make for a good match i think it was a little bit of the kristen press show for angel city uh, but getting on the board first who would have thought savannah mccaskill i mean tell me about this did you see this goal coming right we, we talked about the bingo cards coming into this yeah. one um, what were your reactions to this matchup and, and even seeing the starting lineups and then how the first 15, 20 minutes of the match went? Honestly, it just like I really loved the energy coming out of this one. You know, I, I we all know that Angel City is going to be playing their regular season home games at, at Bank of California Stadium. And this one was going to be kicking off at Titan Stadium, right, in Florida, California. But I don't think that that took away from any of the excitement or joy that was centered in and around this match, you know, these are two teams that have been building up towards this moment, you know, for, for a long time. And, and for, uh, for Angel City as the hosts, you know, of this one, even, even longer, right. They announced that they were going to be an expansion side in NWSL during the 2020 challenge cup, you know, so here they are in the uh, third edition of this and, and getting things out. But even just looking, like you said, looking at those starting lineups and sort of seeing like who got, you know, got, got, got called for, for their starting 11 from both sides of the pitch, you know, with Freya Coombe versus Casey Stoney. That was a little bit of a coaching battle that I enjoyed as well. And, and I think we were anticipating, like, what that was even going to look like, right? Because this is the first match for all of these teams across the weekend. So there were likely to be maybe some moments of lull, right? Maybe some moments of kicking off some some preseason rust, uh, perhaps looking disjointed a little bit. And I think maybe the excitement, right, of of that first 20 minutes in this match, maybe kind of alluded to that, right? There was definitely a lot of vibes, no bit field going on, <laughs> right? From back and forth, you know, we were just kind of like, okay, like this is, this is what it's going to be. Everyone's just going to get out there and get a run out. Um, but very, very exciting. And I think the big thing for me was, you know, finally being able to, to see, you know, Kristen Press, right, on a starting lineup, making her return to NWSL action, you know, last playing in the league in 2019, playing overseas in 2020 with Manchester United and now making her way back, making her way back home, right? That was the big storyline around this. And um, not just her, but there were a number of, like, California kids balling out on this pitch. You mentioning uh, Kelsey Turnbow, right? Right. But Katie Johnson, I think also for San Diego Wave FC, I think on one side, you're looking at a player like press and sort of seeing what she's trying to produce for Angel City. But we got to see a lot out of Katie Johnson as well, trying to get on the board for San Diego first, uh, really early on in, in the, that first half as well. Yes. And, and no goals coming until Savannah McCaskill opened it up in the 49th minute. Um, which was a, a great goal, right. To, to start all of this and kind of get things going. But um I was very impressed with some of the rookies that we saw. I mean, we're talking about Kelsey Turnbow right now and Naomi Gurma starting in the back line. It was so interesting to kind of see it all come to fruition because we've talked to Casey Stoney. We've talked to Freya Kuma about these clubs and how they want to build the foundation of their team moving forward and, and what they need to put out on the pitch to do that. Um, but the second half for me, when we started to see some of the rotation come in, that's when I got really giddy and really excited to see Alex Morgan and Sophia Jacobson, Jacobson playing together. I'm very excited, Sandra. I'm very excited yeah. for this duo and what they have to come down the stretch. Um, honestly, 
Endo, I believe for Angel City, very, very good game out of them. I, I think that there's so much that bringing internationals into the NWSL game that provides besides experience and anything like that. It's a different look. It's a different type of energy that they bring into this wanting to play. I was really impressed with Endo. I think Jakobsen showed a little of what she can do. Um, but ultimately, I think goalkeepers, they had a battle throughout this match. Kaylin Sheridan had a really, really fantastic game. When you look at some of the stats for this match, 17 shots for each side, which very even, um, pretty impressive on that sense, I'm going to say. Uh, saves, Didi Heracic had three saves. Kaylin Sheridan, five saves. So big night for both of these keepers battling yep. against each other. Used, used to be on the same club and now yep. on opposite ends. Um, this was a good one. And ending yep. in a 1-1 draw. We Maybe did not see that coming. No, we we like to pick winners and losers, right? On, on A3, right? We don't always like to lean into the draw, although maybe that first weekend of games, uh, you're probably is is best bet is to is to list out some draws, right? But I love that you mentioned the goalkeepers right now. Let's actually talk a little bit more about this match before we transition into the next match. When it came to individual performances, 1v1 performances, right? When we're looking throughout this match of Angel City versus San Diego Wave, I think really early on, we centered in on these two players as this sort of matchup to watch because they both kind of set the tone pretty early. Kristen Press versus Kaylin Sheridan during this match. And maybe the sub honor can go to Katie Johnson versus Heracic, right? Uh, looking at these kind Kind of individual performances uh, throughout this match. Again, coming up really early. We're talking like just six, seven minutes into the match. McCaskill switching the point of attack, finding press out wide, press taking the space, right? Bullying off a defender and just letting this rocket fly. But Sheridan getting just enough on this one to tip it off of the post, right? And I think right then we sort of knew that we were in store for a little bit of a battle, and those two ended up sort of going head-to-head uh, -head a little bit throughout the match. That's why it's our uh, 1v1 battle to watch for the weekend. It was such a battle, and we put Press, a forward, with a goalkeeper at Sheridan because Press was just bullying away from the defenders, <laughs> yeah. right? She she had them on her. They were trying to stop her, but that's the power of Kristen Press, and that's why it's really fun to have her back in the league and in the NWSL because she can – be so dangerous she gets just an inch of space and she creates more space from herself from that with her touch her angle that she approaches the ball the distance that she can put between herself and the defender and then it just comes down to the goalkeeper and Kaylin Sheridan had a really nice game against Kristen Press um, a lot to kind of take away from this from both sides both players Kristen Press needing to be a little bit more clinical in her finishing can she get a better shot be more picky about which shot she's looking to take. I mean, she was just looking to shoot the one off the crossbar. That's great. But Kristen Press, you got to hit those low and hard. Can you find the corner on them? And for Kaylin Sheridan, I mean, her body positioning was good, but it's getting there before, getting set before the shot comes. And that's all about reaction time because you know it's only going to come quicker and quicker and quicker from Press as she gets more into the groove of the season. I like this 1v1 battle that we're highlighting, though. Press. Sheridan, circle it. It's a good one to watch. And we get another matchup between yeah. these two in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Press really putting on the shots, building up the stats, uh, executing uh, seven shots, getting four on target, right? And then uh, McCaskill getting the historic goal. Uh, let's talk about defender goals maybe a little bit because we saw those across the league. And we also still saw that in this game, equalizer, from Kaylee Real. I think, again, two unexpected players, I think, in this one that people were uh, wondering who was going to get the, the first historic goals in these matches. Uh, but lots to be excited about, I think, from both of these teams in the post game, A lot of good stuff coming out of there as well. Uh, I wrote up a little bit more about this match. You could check it out on CBSSports.com. The California Clash is here. The Casey Stoney era is here. She had some great stuff coming out of her post game, so go ahead and check it out. Defending her choices in terms of the roster that she put out there. And uh, I love to see it. Love to see that energy from the coaches. Love to see 
the energy from the players. Looking forward to more matches from these two sides. Let's take a look at the other regional rivalry match that we had circled on our calendars. Oa Rain versus Portland Thorns. That closed out opening day it was nwsl action after dark for sure really coming through for us clutch in this one uh, this was the game that we saw with another draw right so to kind of kick things yeah. in motion here one one splitting the points between both of these sides lisa what did you see on this game because i heard you on that call <laughs> uh this game was very fun. You can tell that the rivalry is real. It is there. Any new player that had come into either of these sides, they were educated about the rivalry. They knew that big things were to come between OL Reign and Portland Thorns. Um, and I think we saw that, right? There was a tussles, lots of cards being thrown around in this one as well. Um, I was very, very impressed and not surprised with OL Reign and their ability to manipulate the play impose their game on or on Portland Thorns, um, the passing sequences, the movement off the ball, the patience with their decision-making. Uh, I was super, super impressed with that. And I think all of those things led up to the first goal, the opening goal for Sofia Huerta that came in just the 19th minute because yeah. O.L. Rain was passing the ball around. They had different opportunities to shoot or to send crosses in. And they were patiently waiting, waiting for the right moment, the right player, the right space to do that. And that patience is good when you have it in moderation. Too much of it, and it becomes just a pass-around game. But that wasn't the case with O.L. Reign. They knew the moments when to strike first. It's a beautiful layoff from Angelina and Sofia Huerta. What'd she say? She just smacked the crap out of it. And that's what she wanted to do with that ball. What a shot from Sofia Huerta, the defender. I mean, she's played all over the pitch, but now as a defender for Laura Harvey, this goal set the tone. I was very, very impressed with what I saw from O.L. Reign. And of course, responses from Portland Thorns just a few minutes later, about 10 minutes later, Christine Sinclair. Um, I think from Sophia Smith, I, I didn't see as much as I wanted to see or as much as I maybe thought I was going to see, but it's because O.L. Reign handled her very well defensively. Um, she was able to make good runs, get on back shoulders of defenders and, and slip in behind. But O.L. Reign was there and able to do that. I think Tillis Joyce, goalkeeper for O.L. Reign, that is a young goalkeeper. We've talked about this in our, our preview of this. Not a lot of experience at the goalkeeper position, but Tillis Joyce doing a nice job against Portland, which is a high-powered team. But when you look at these two, midfield to midfield, O.L. Reign dominated that area of the field. Yeah, I think going into this one, we were chatting a little bit about it. We were sort of keeping the middle third, right, of this uh, of this game kind of circled a little bit, just sort of looking at the players available for this mm -hmm. type of match. And we just sort of felt that perhaps the midfield, oh, well, Reigns midfielders just had a little bit more in their arsenal, you know, compared to Portland Thorns, right? considering the players that they had unavailable uh, for for this match. And to sort of see that opening goal, right, not having Huerta having all that space to be able to sort of pull that trigger. And Sophia Smith, really active both on and off the ball, just yeah. unable to sort of get that breakthrough goal. But we just sort of saw, like, how this type of menace that she could be on the pitch, right, and forcing this type of attention around her, which le eventually led to that equalizer for Portland Thorns. Uh, it was so kind of, it's a little bit funny, right? To sort of see this, uh, this, this pairing, right? 21 year old Smith with a 38 year old, uh, Christine Sinclair. I'm, I'm excited to sort of see its transgression of what it looks like yes. as the year continues. But what we saw in this opening half for her to be able, excuse me, for Smith to be able to go ahead and just attract all that kind of, you kind of wonder if there's going to be like a little bit of a sleeper hole tactic going on in the future with these two up top together. And Christine Sinclair is absolutely the most dangerous player that you could probably sleep on. I don't care what version or what era of her you're getting. She has far too many NWSL highlights uh, for people to sort of forget that she is a, a lethal player 
on the pitch when ignored. So that's how it stood, though, in terms of kind of leveling things out, right, in terms of this game. Because once it got into that second half, Portland looked like they sort of started to take back the game a little bit and kind of level things out. But in leveling things out, it ended up staying, uh, you know, through a 1-1 draw for both of these teams. And ultimately, by the time that final whistle <laughs> win, it kind of just felt like that makes sense. That makes sense mm-hmm. of this kind of game uh, boils down to a 1-1 draw. And we're going to maybe open things up a little bit with this game because another thing that we want to hone in on this game about is maybe a breakout, a defensive performance, right? And it's funny because we're looking, we're talking a little bit about a player like Huerta who had a really strong performance, but is on these highlight reels breaking uh, through as the goal scorer, right? Versus like the lockdown, you know, kind of defense and awareness that she brings to that position. And then you, there's also a goal highlight in this one where there is a bit of a defensive breakdown for the ring. So it's kind of like, gosh, like, what are we going to do here with this one? But, you know, we're thinking a little bit outside the box for this one. And when it comes to, uh, you know, sort of a defensive player of the match award that we want to go ahead and issue that to, we thought about going with Quinn for this one, you know, in terms of what they bring to the pitch and what they bring to that position. There was literally a moment in this match where Quinn had to go ahead and find themselves backtracking a little bit to sort of uh, break off on the intercept, you know, and sort of break off and close down an attack. Uh, So it's, it's evident what they bring to this team in the midfield, right? This sort of level of calm, this sort of level of awareness. Uh, And yes, being able to go ahead and have that vision and awareness to break out a pass, but to also be able to recover and break down the opposition as well. So I think uh, we're going to go ahead and give them the the defensive player of, uh, of the match for this one. Well-deserved for Quinn because they are one of the most defensive players in the world. I mean, we see them play with Canada and in the NWSL. And a lot of times that defensive midfield position can go unnoticed because it's not a flashy position. And even times when Quinn plays, they go unnoticed because they're doing their job correctly. I think across, we're going to get into all of the other games that happened, but across the league this weekend in the challenge cup, there was a lot of rookies, new players in that sixth position, even on the other side of the field, Sam Coffey for Portland Thorns. uh, She was in that defensive midfield position. And when you compare Quinn's play to someone like Sam Coffey or Jalen Howell for Racing Louisville, who is also in that defensive midfield position, the comparison is very obvious. So for anyone that is confused about why Quinn is as good as they are at that position as that defensive midfielder when they can connect passes from left to the right of the field. They can break up defensive plays. They can stop transition, quick transition from the other team. Watch other sixes. They don't do that as well as Quinn yeah. does that. <laughs> and that is what is so impressive. It's They're doing it. The other ones, Jalen Howe, Sam Coffey, they're yeah. doing it in bits and spurts. And they're also young and right rookies stepping into this league. And Quinn, they have a lot more experience at the international level and in this league. But they do it so well. Quinn yeah. is phenomenal on both yeah. sides of the ball. And that's what makes them so special. And they are defensive player of this yeah. weekend for sure. We, we we had to give it to them absolutely. Uh, we're gonna close. We're gonna close out sort of the deeper dives on this one. We're gonna touch on the other matches, but we're taking the deeper dives in these these three matches that kind of stood out for us. Uh, the closing match of this opening weekend, right? Houston Dash versus Chicago Red Stars. When we were in the preview talking about some of these matches, we took note that this is going to be the fifth time that these two teams have opened up uh, NWSL fix right against the the other team uh and houston hosting this one and lisa if memory serves it correctly i i went against the red stars and you said i think there's enough there to win and i gotta come on here and say thank you girl for going with the chicago wrestlers because my goodness i went draw i went one, Did you go one draw? Oh no i went houston i thought you went red stars you know what i'm so used to us not choosing draws that in my head i'm like oh my god lisa chose chicago and went this way but oh well we're both losers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, we're both losers on this one. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about this matchup between Houston and Chicago. What a game to close out 
opening weekend. 3-1 going to Chicago Red Stars, kicking off their Challenge Cup with a win. Already a completely drastic change for this team compared to their prior Challenge Cup in 2021, where they did not have a good 2021 Challenge Cup during their group stage. But coming out, making a little bit of a statement, maybe, right? Narratives around the team coming in and the fact that they have a new head coach uh, after uh, a decade. And Chris Petroselli joining up with this side very late into the preseason, right? And Houston Dash uh, losing a, a player uh, that was significant in their attack and Christy Mewis over the offseason via expansion, right? But still having strong pieces in their attack, whether it was somebody like Rachel Daly or Nichelle Prince, and then adding to that layer somebody like a Maria Sanchez in the mix of this one, almost sort of felt like the home side was going to take this one for a quick second because in this opening weekend, it's like there's going to be mistakes that are made, right? And maybe it's going to be about the team that capitalizes on it. And we saw early on in the in the first half – Another defender goal happening uh, this opening weekend with Katie Naughton opening the scoring for Houston Dash off of a set piece uh, to sort of give them the early lead. What did you think about the early feeling of this one, Lisa, going and then going into halftime? I have to touch on the defender goals because we saw it from Kaylee Real. We saw it from Katie Naughton. We almost saw it from Sam Staub of Washington Spirit. Someone tweeted at me, they definitely listened to Attacking Third because they were like, Lisa's got to be going crazy on these (laughs) defender goals. And I was going crazy on all of these defender goals. I love to see it. Initial reactions from this Houston-Chicago game, even I dubbed it as a draw during our preview, even minutes before this match kicked off when we had the starting lineups, I had spoken with each coach prior to the game for the broadcast purposes, I was still kind of expecting a draw, whether it was nil-nil, 1-1. I I wasn't expecting much. Um, Chris Petroselli for Chicago, he had said that he had never had his first 11 together that he wanted to put out on the pitch throughout preseason. And they had not played a match yet that they were doing everything they could to win. So he wasn't even sure what he was going to get from his team throughout this one. James Clarkson, they struggled. Houston struggled with a bit of a COVID outbreak over the last few days. So a lot of players were day-to-day if they were even going to be available for Sunday's match against Chicago. Ultimately, it came down that a lot of them were available despite being on COVID protocol. The questionable ones were available there. But there was a lot of movement. Losing Christy Mewis in the midfield for Houston is a really big loss. James Clarkson said, we cannot replace her. I can't do that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to add supplemental things around the team and the players that can even things out. I think adding Rhea Sanchez was a huge addition. Um, I think she influenced the game, maybe not as much as we'll see as the game goes on, but I think we saw a lot more possession from Chicago, not just can we feed Pew over the top? Can we feed Ella Stevens over the top? I think that we saw more defensive organization from Houston than we've seen in 2021. Ultimately, though, with Houston getting on the board first, I was very impressed with the response from Chicago and how they came back, how they continued to battle and and move forward with this one. And ultimately, the goal coming from Mallory Pugh, and I'm not surprised at all, but also the goal from Mallory Pugh, not as pretty as we've seen in the past. I think her last touch before... Jane Campbell came out to get it was a sloppy touch. And that's why Jane Campbell initially saved the shot. She couldn't catch it. So because of that, uh, able to follow up on the shot and get a second one, it was almost very eerily similar to the Sophia Smith, Christine Sinclair goal that we saw from Portland. But, uh, the biggest surprise in this one, Aaron Wright burying a penalty kick. Did you have that one coming? Because I sure didn't. That was her first penalty kick she's ever taken in the NWSL, and she buries it. I mean, look, uh, Aaron Wright, I think, is probably one of the veterans of this league, is pretty underrated, right? Uh, yeah. I think, especially when we're looking at last season for the Chicago Red Star team and sort of who she is and what she provides for the club as a whole, right? Not just as as a as a player, uh, but watching her step up to take this penalty kick, it threw me a little bit as well. I was thinking it was going to be uh, Yuki Nagasato, 
at some point, yeah. right? The return of, of Nagasato too, I think is maybe another storyline for this Red Stars team as they, you know, begin this first step of their 2022 season. Uh, she is someone who has uh, nailed away uh, penalty kicks for the Chicago Red Stars before in the past. And so sort of seeing Aaron Wright be the one to step up and take this kick uh, almost sort of feels like a different chapter, right? In this continuing wonderful story arc that we're watching, uh, you know, from Grady's mama, right? In, in in this league. Uh, so to, to step up and kind of put that away and sort of give this, uh, this go ahead goal for, for the red stars, I think, uh, was, was a, kind of, I think met with a little bit of confusion, right. For in a number of reasons, because I think there was, you know, folks who were confused about the fact that there was a foul called on the play that a penalty was issued. Right. And then when you're looking at the replay, you're seeing the contact in the box and then the call being given. And, uh, I think oh, folks yeah. were confused that like, even that call would even be, uh, uh, you know, be, be issued, you know, but, uh, I think my initial response to it, even on Twitter, I was like, I'm, if those calls were actually given more often in this league, there would probably be a little less confusion, uh, about yeah. it, but it was issued and it got put away. And I think once that happens, I think any team will maybe sort of sense like blood in the water, right. doesn't matter who it is. I'm not going to make it Chicago red star specific by any means. Uh, but once that happens, you just sort of, you had that go ahead goal and you want more, right. Especially I think if it's coming off of a penalty kick, Right. Because you're you have the lead yeah. and you're like, well, maybe things will open up a little bit as the opposition tries to go ahead and get uh, get an equalizer themselves. So uh, some exciting moments, I think, throughout this match uh, for for both of the teams here. I think I like Chicago making some substitutions immediately at the half, bringing on some of their yeah. own rookies. Right. And Ava Cook um, and in Sarah Griffith and then them having an impact in this match immediately. Uh, and then just I think it was noticeable that the the Dash and Fortune coming into this one with some protocols with COVID protocols kind of, uh, you know, sort of maybe dampening or, or lessening their, their bench a little bit in terms of, of the options. I mean, bringing on Brie Vasali, right. As a substitution yeah. in this match and then immediately picking up a yellow card, right. Uh, in the match not, not maybe the, the type, seconds on the yeah, pitch. Like maybe not the type of impact that you're going to want to like see or, or have on, uh, on the pitch. Uh, but this game ending out three, one, uh, one of the one of the bigger scorelines of uh, of the weekend for sure. It wouldn't we had to end on that one because it was we both felt like it was a bit of an exciting match yeah. to get into. We're gonna get into the rest of the NWSL matches next. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. 
But first, we want to welcome a brand new podcast to the CBS Sports family. In soccer, we trust covers the beautiful game, or soccer as we like to call it from a U.S. perspective. Join our hosts and former USMNT teammates, Jimmy Conrad, Charlie Davies, and Heath Pierce, as they bring you a mix of expertise and passion on all things soccer in the United States, you can download and follow in soccer. We trust on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to this podcast, Lisa and NWSL. We trust we're going to keep it moving on this one for sure. We're going to talk a little bit about the remaining games that took place in the East and the final game in the central region for the East region. We have Orlando pride and Washington spirit and North Carolina courage and Gotham FC to touch on Let's chat a little bit about North Carolina Courage and Gotham FC. North Carolina Courage coming out as the winners in this one, 2-0 over Gotham FC. What were our picks in this one, Lisa? Oh, good. Fact check me. I I have my notebook. I traveled with it. Don't worry. I have everything. (laughs) Uh, You had Gotham and I had Gotham. We are losers, Sandra. I love it. Nothing like coming on alive and letting the good folks know that we are losers. So check this out. 2-0 North Carolina Courage. Goals from Brianna Pinto. We had another defender goal out of from Abby Erseg. Looks like it's not just it wasn't just the dash, but Gotham showing that miss maybe missing somebody like a Christy Mewis as well for uh for them during this match. Just sort of look like they struggled to ever maybe find their way into the match in this one, right? Uh, Scott Parkinson, I think on some of those, those broadcast calls, you can let me know, Lisa sort of mentioned the, how are you going to replace the energy that uh, maybe certain players bring to a match? Right. And I think we maybe saw that fold out a little bit over the course of this game with North Carolina and Gotham. Yeah. I think this was also Gotham, a team that was struggling with a bit of, Players missing, no Allie Long, no Christy Mewis. It came down to it that she would not be playing, which I think plagues things a little bit. Uh, They also have a lot of new faces that are veterans. And I I don't – sometimes it's harder for a veteran to come into a team that's already been established because they have their way of doing things. They have their mojo and Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, and they can provide so much. Whereas a rookie coming in, they're just a sponge and looking to absorb and mold into whatever the team needs them to be. So because of that, I think it can change things. I was very impressed with North Carolina. I mean, clearly you and I both had Gotham winning this one. And and I can't speak for your decision on that, but my decision on that was, as much as I thought Gotham was going to come out and show a little bit more of their colors and a little bit more flash in their attacking end, it was also, I was confused about the structure of North Carolina, how their formation was going to look. I mean, we've known the box midfield at North Carolina Courage for for so long. So we knew that wasn't going to happen, but how are they going to utilize players like Dabino, Sullivan, Daniels, Pinto, what was going to happen? Who was going to be in goal to start? Because Casey Murphy, Caitlin Rowland, there's options there coming into all of this. And because of that, I, I chose Gotham. Ultimately, though, North Carolina Courage has been putting on a show. Clearly, their preseason, they got down to work. They put their heads down. They worked. I think Dabinia had a really nice game. She was able to control a lot of the play and the momentum of what happened. Um, but North Carolina, the only team to get a shutout, technically a nil, nil draw does count as a shutout between Washington and Orlando, but for a team that scored two goals and also get a clean sheet, I think that's a big pat on the back for North Carolina courage. Yeah. I think probably one of the biggest takeaways too, in this one was the fact that, uh, Brianna Pinto went ahead and got on the scoreboard for this team. Uh, I know when we did our preview of this, there were some question marks around Denise O'Sullivan and how she was going to be available when they put out their finalized roster. There was some, uh, confusion there as to sort of when she was going to be available. And I think we got to see that right. Sort of, uh, from this team out on this pitch, what they look like the Binya getting play pushed up higher. It's almost like, you're, you're giving this type of player even more freedom to just go ahead and do what she can do, right? So uh, it just looked like 
North Carolina Courage went out there and and uh, had their game plan and were executing it. And Gotham just sort of struggled a little bit to maybe get it to theirs. But I think when you're looking at a result like this on the North Carolina Courage side, you're you're taking that with you. You're taking it as the dub and you're saying, yes, this is yeah. the type. This is what we want to bring from, from North Carolina Courage. And this is who we are and this is who we intend to be, competitive. We tend to be, uh, you know, winners, right, when we go out there and step out onto the pitch. And I think if you're Gotham, you're looking at this type of match and saying, hey, it's match day one, not only of Challenge Cup, but like of the year. We had missing pieces. There was yeah. no Christy Mewis there for, you know, if Yoma Anamanu has been an absolutely integral piece for this team, unavailable as well. So you're, yeah. you're, you're sort of looking at it with a little bit of glass half full kind of perspectives, right? It's just the first game. There's some personnel missing and hopefully this was maybe just game one of ironing out some of the wrinkles. Let's chat a little bit though about another draw. Well, not another draw for, for this one, but another draw in general over the weekend, Orlando pride versus Washington spirit. And I'm excited to get your takes on this Lisa, because I know you're on the call for this one. So you probably saw some things that maybe we <laughs> missed. Okay. But we're talking a, not just any draw, not just any old draw. We had a good old fashioned scoreless draw in this one, Orlando pride, going through the rebuild, taking on NWSL 2021 champions, Washington Spirit. Nobody could crack through on goal in this no. one. Lisa, what were some of your takes from this one? Um, I'm going to be honest. This one was a little boring. This this game was a little bit boring because we weren't seeing as much consistency from Washington Spirit. The first 15, 20 minutes of this match was hectic it was chaos all over the place Washington probably should have scored two or three of those and then after that initial surge of energy and excitement for the new season that's what I'm going to chalk it up to it was passive soccer from Washington that's what I saw I was also very impressed with Orlando Pride and their defensive efforts to kind of play against players like Trinity Rodman Ashley Hatch Ashley Sanchez I think that between those front forwards and Mikion, Sanchez, Hatch, Rodman, they weren't connected and playing as a unit. They they didn't have a lot of cohesion amongst themselves to bring the ball forward and be really dangerous and do combination passes to get them in really dangerous areas and then whip shots off, which is what we saw in the championship game and the run they made at the end of 2021. Yeah. So I think a little bit of that is not having played together a lot throughout the preseason. There was international windows and camps that were pulling players from Washington spirit away. So they didn't have a lot of time together, but also I think I give a lot of credit to the back line of Orlando pride and, and what they were able to do organizationally and to kind of hold people accountable in that sense between Rodman and Hatch and Sanchez between Peterson Montefusco Turner and then Kerry Lawrence along the back line for Orlando um, two players I mean in Montefusco who is new coming over from Houston and then Kerry Lawrence who really did not see much time in 2021 she's a player that impressed Amanda Cromwell a lot and Amanda Cromwell was confused why Kerry Lawrence hasn't been playing as much as she had she's a feisty player she got a yellow card in this match, um, constantly pulling players down, but we saw glimpse glimpses of Marta and the greatness that she can do. We saw Michaela Clough, a rookie that also had really, really good moments. Um, but ultimately from Washington, I was a little unimpressed with everything that they had. It is early. It's the first game, but I was more impressed with Orlando and what they could bring. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was like, yeah, beginner's luck or first game luck from Orlando, but I liked it. Look, maybe we could chalk it up to like all of the above, right? Yeah. We're talking a lot about this is opening weekend, right? There was going to be, there were going to be games where we saw draws, right? There were going to be games where we saw maybe scoreless draws, scoreless draws that maybe had a little bit of chippiness, right? That we sort of saw maybe some, yeah. some rough passing, you know, uh, and, and maybe some frustrating moments, right? Because we saw that out of uh, Washington spirit, uh, last year a little bit, right? Trinity Rodman has gone on record about it, right? Sometimes she can get a little bit frustrated, right? When things aren't going her way out in the pitch, right? This is this is year two, though, 
right? And this is an early game. This is match day one where you want to see maybe uh, the ability to sort of play out of the frustrating moments, right? But this was definitely a little bit of maybe a, a physical match or choppy match, whichever way. Yeah. You want to boil it down. And I think all Very. these teams are going to maybe go back and take a look a little bit at the uh, the tape on this one and sort of see where they can improve on in those areas. I'm eager to see what both of these teams will look like against, uh, you know, a Gotham or North Carolina Courage within this East uh, region. Let's close it out with Kansas City Current versus Racing Louisville out of the central region. Another match with another draw, but we had a couple goals in this one. 1-1 one, one for both of these teams. Another game where we got to see some new looks for these teams, right? Because these are two teams that were basically the newest expansion sides last year in 2021, mm-hmm. entering year two now for their respective franchises, having new players, new head coaches, right? A lot of those, uh, a lot of those storylines headed into to this match for both of these teams. But how about uh, maybe the, breaking down some of these goals for us, Lisa? Because again, I was listening for you this weekend on these calls and I heard this so let's talk a little bit about yeah. uh, the goal from KC and then the goal from uh, Racing Lul. Yeah this is the match that opened it all right this is the yep. starting one of the Challenge Cup it really set the tone I I was impressed with Katie Lund and her ability as Racing level goalkeeper to use her feet. She probably mm-hmm. touched the ball. I should have looked up these stats before, but probably touched it just as much as like some of the center backs for Racing Louisville because any opportunity Louisville had to play it back to her feet, they did. And she handled it with ease yeah. and composure. Um, looking at the goals, CeCe Kaiser, not at all surprising that she nets this one. It's a breakaway from her streaking down the field. There was gaping holes in the midfield where Kansas City wasn't playing at that point. It was it, That's what I saw a lot, uh, which led to this CeCe Kaiser opening goal, is that Kansas City was looking to press really high. So they had their front line sitting right on the edge of their attacking 18-yard box as Louisville was looking to build out. But their back line was also stretched because – they had Jess McDonald and Amina Ekic for Racing Louisville pressing them high. So because of that, it stretched out their entire midfield and it wasn't very compact. That way, when CeCe Kaiser picks up the ball defensively, she just has space to run and room to go. A little give and go from Jess McDonald and CeCe Kaiser finds the back of the net. Jess McDonald, that assist, it makes her the league's, she leads the league in assists for Challenge Cup at postseason and NWSL regular season now. And that's a pretty big accomplishment as a forward to have that many assists and lead the league. That goal coming early on in the 20th minute, not until the end of the game, 78th minute for Kansas City, Addie McCain. This player is fun to watch, yeah. Addie McCain. I was very pleasantly surprised and impressed with what I saw from her. She didn't look like she had nerves when she stepped on the field. She looked like she had a game plan. She knew what she wanted to do. She was confident in her touches on the ball. Even when she made a mistake, it was immediately working hard to get the ball back. She receives this, uh, a quick turn, a shot, no defender steps to her. I think that was also a theme I saw throughout this weekend is that defenders were a little slow to step. We saw that in the Houston-Chicago game against Mallory Pugh. No defender stepping to her. She takes a shot finds the back of the net. That's what happened with Addie McCain, the equalizer coming in the 78th minute from the top of the box. A really good shot from McCain. She curls it around yeah. Katie Lund in goal, ending in a 1-1 draw for these two. I, yeah. I, I liked this match. I liked this match. We saw yeah. 45 minutes out of Sam Uis. We got to see Lynn Williams yeah. for Kansas City. It took me a minute. As the first match of the Challenge Cup, I was like, hold on. Sam Mewis, Lynn <laughs> Williams, right? They're on Kansas City. Thank gosh they weren't playing North Carolina. That would have been way too confusing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wouldn't. We'll see what happens, right? As again, this is just the first game, um, but I, I would like to see how uh, how how Matt Potter wants to maybe utilize some of the talents that he's got on this KC current roster. Uh, is there going to be an opportunity to, to see like a, a Mewis 
and McCain midfield duo at some point. I I, I really enjoy. I thought they both had impressive 45 minutes uh, for this Kansas City side. I mean, you're talking about, but between them, you know, uh, they're both uh, reached uh, 100% in terms of a uh, pass completion into the final third, right? In terms of stats. And I got you on the Katie Lund stat. It was uh, 52 touches, I think you were looking at. Uh, That's for a lot a of touches for a goalkeeper. For a goalkeeper. Yeah. So 52 touches for uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Katie Lund, for racing Louisville. But uh, I, I like it. I like it. When we're looking at, at the regional rivals, you know, I think maybe something there could be something, uh, a short bus ride kind of rivalry going on uh between between these two teams splitting the points looks like the uh the central uh might be the region to watch in this one right uh and nobody walking away uh you know without any points except uh houston dash in this one and then in the east you're looking at uh gotham kind of similarly right in that position so keep an eye on uh the central and east divisions and see how they'll shake out but God, that was a delight, wasn't it? It felt like uh, visiting an old friend uh, when it came to getting a look at these games and getting a look at these matches. NWSL is back. It is back. We got to see a lot of rookies this weekend, which I was really pleasantly impressed and surprised and excited to see kind of how they would adjust to this game. I mean, Jalen Howell in this game to start out, she got the start, didn't touch the ball as much as I wanted her to. She didn't have as much of an attacking presence in this game as I wanted her to, but the focus from head coach Kim Bjorkegren was to be defensive for Jalen Howe. And I think that's more of what we saw from her, which is great. She's doing what the coach wants, uh, but Sandra, it's back. This is an exciting weekend and we get to do it all again, but I liked yeah. the first taste from the teams. I liked what we saw. Here's some more matches throughout the rest of the year. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to our Challenge Cup Week 1 recap. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify. And if you have any questions for us, which I I know you all do, but listen, there's a method to get them answered. You got to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and Lisa and I will answer during a mailbag segment. We're also available as video. Please hit subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third so you don't miss a thing. And we will be back on Wednesday with more NWSL news. You can catch all Challenge Cup games on Paramount Plus. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.